welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the end of the first book of Legacy of the Force, Betrayal. This week, chapters 33 and 34. But first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon, Brisha Sayo has a Sith in the basement. Panther Flight and Grey Squad engage. Force Ghost face-off fight. The GAO post at Reladir gets a big boom. And Nalani strikes at Lumaya. This week, chapter 33. Nalani swings and misses. Lumaya cracks at her with her light whip. What do you guys think about the light whip? Light whip is cool. It's an it's, I think it's dope. It's really cool and it's a weird way to use... The way that they the describe it is that it's like dozens or maybe a hundred hundreds of tendrils attached to like the end of a handle some of them are steel and some of them are lightsaber projections it's not uh it's like a um, cable or something i don't know it's like a lightsaber has been dialed down it's i think it's harder to like uh cut off someone's arm with a light whip because right. it's probably if, not as potent because a whip is supposed to wrap around something. Right. And if it's something that can just easily de- like decapitate someone, well, it's not going to wrap around as well. Yeah. Um, very hard to use in lore. Very hard to defend against too. Yeah. But because it's such an exotic weapon, most people wouldn't even know how to approach a weapon like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a huge advantage. Kind of her whole thing is a always having the advantage and being prepared and b putting you off off balance on your back foot by surprising you pulling the rug out from underneath you what do you think about the name though light whip man i allow it i think it's cool well, it's, it's pretty dumb but i mean light saber is no more intelligent or clever point. yeah that's <laughs> it's on the nose right yeah and so if you allow the existence of lightsaber then i mean light whip is just a natural move from there it doesn't sound as good it doesn't roll off the tongue as well but i, I agree lightsaber it holds up you yeah. can picture like a saber or a sword with a blade of light yeah. a light whip well that you can visualize it just as easy but i mean it's star wars it's not the names are hit or they're good or they're not yeah there's no gray yeah well we'll see <laughs> but at this point, Lumaya and Nalani are having a force push a war with like a giant marble bust, while Lumaya lays her offer out very plainly for Jason. She says, Verger sacrificed herself so you could assume the Sith mantle she wanted for you. That's the kind of self-sacrifice no Jedi would admit is possible for the Sith, but it's the truth. Take what I have to teach you, Jason. Take this place and the dark side power it contains. Take the knowledge that rests in its tombs on the world of Zyost and use them against the forces that are trying to tear this galaxy apart. Restore order. Give your cousin, the children, and your family and your life the chance to grow up in a galaxy without war. Here is the seduction of the dark side. Here is, remember last time we were talking about the cracks in the cave and how they are representative of the cracks in your in your defenses of your personality the cracks where the dark side gets into and gets deepest she literally tells him become a sith okay you're a jedi guy these words could not be more plainer in contrast with your beliefs until she starts 
needling it into his weaknesses, you know? Which is protecting people. And save the galaxy, peace. be the hero. And she's also saying it makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? This is what your master Verger wanted when she was torturing you. And she wouldn't want that if she was a bad guy. See, the Sith aren't bad guys. Logic, logic. Hello, this makes sense. Now, one thing she I do agree with Crazy. Maya on is the whole Sith self-sacrifice. So Darth Bane built the Order of the Sith Lords to be one master, one apprentice. The rule of two. Exactly. So what happens is when the apprentice learns everything they can from the master, yeah. they should, in theory, be stronger than the master. Ideally. Then this, the apprentice kills the master, becomes the master. Yeah. The master knows they're eventually going to be killed when they take the apprentice. Right. So if it was all about self-interest, why would they ever pick an apprentice yeah. who's going to kill them? They're sacrificing themselves to build the order stronger and stronger and stronger mm -hmm. to eventually defeat the Jedi. So their overall goal is defeat the Jedi. And there are Sith along the way who get cold feet at the altar and they say, ah, no, I'm going to have to kill this apprentice before he kills me because I'm not done being a bad guy. I'm not done living my life and gaining power and knowledge and stuff like that. So you do see some guys, yeah. they don't make the sacrifice well, and they truly do become evil. While they are, the masters are still trying to teach everything they know to the apprentice, they're still trying to learn everything they can as well. Yeah. They're just it's like a race. Yeah. I, I need to have more knowledge for you to learn well, before we hit the tipping point where I have even, to sleep with my eyes open. Even while Darth <laughs> yeah. Bane is teaching his apprentice, uh, apprentice Darth Xana, he's still going out on his own missions trying to get Sith knowledge too. Yeah. That's more advanced than she's ready for. But, I mean... He's, he's got his own goals. Yeah. yeah. So, But the whole... It's insane, the, uh, the Darth Bane series of books, how much you really realize they're actually building their whole order to be very self-sacrificial. Yeah. And that's how she lays it out to him. Like, that's her part of her pitch. It's like, you're meant to be the strongest of the strongest, and you are you are the end of the line of the information at, up to this point. And you'll have the power to save the galaxy and save the world. She even tells him she got to security on Toriaz too late to stop the attack, but was able to get Thraken's name from the security chief. Do you guys think this is a true story? Or do you think that she made the attack happen? Because I would say based on all the background manipulation she's been doing so far, I would say it would be pretty out of character for her to have not set up the whole thing. Didn't she land... On the station. In the shuttle. With all with the soldiers. The so we know that, yeah. yes, as readers. But Jason doesn't. So the question is, does he believe it? She she's, says... She's giving him someone he already thinks is bad for the galaxy yep. to blame it on. Yeah, exactly. Thraken, right? Yeah. Somebody who... She doesn't know this, but Jason thinks needs to die for the galaxy to stay at peace. Maybe she does know it. Maybe she does. I don't know. But she also says, I used the Lord attacks to test you, and you passed. You passed the test, buddy. You're really smart. You did it. Ha <laughs> ha. It was a test. It was a trick the whole time. It was a test. But you did it. You're so smart. <laughs> to sacrifice the few to save the many. That's right. Jason has one last question. That's it. How about your confederate, Jason asked. The man Master Skywalker keeps glimpsing but can't quite see. The man, he says, doesn't exist. Lumaya managed a laugh that was half-exhausted gasp. Jason, that's you. 
Boom. This is the plainest version you're going to get, Jedi guy. Yeah, You are meant to become a Sith Lord, but for the the positive reason of saving the galaxy. (laughs) Have you ever heard that anywhere before? (laughs) I don't know. You know, you know, it's the, it's. God, that, that power. <laughs> yeah, so, the, the, the slippery slope. Yeah, the power to save everybody and feel like the good guy and, and be doing it for what you think is like a righteous reason. Well, the path to hell is paved with good intentions, right? That's how that's the whole saying. Paved with good intentions and bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. And this seems to decide it for Jason. Sometimes the end justifies the means. <laughs> but when you built an entire <laughs> philosophy based on many such... Um, I can't I memorize the whole thing. Either way. Yeah. You, you build a philosophy. Go of back evil. and listen to the other episodes. You'll get it. Philosophy of evil, bad decisions. Here's another one. She even uses Luke's supposed arrogance to finally convince Jason. Like here, she, she's unbelievable. She just picks every one of his weaknesses and sticks a dark side finger right in that wound, man. She's like, feel that darkness, get it in there. Nilani tries to strike down Lumaya at this point, And Jason, intervenes nalani tries to arrest lumaya and jason says nopers <laughs> don't do that you can't do that then all of her knowledge will go away lumaya actually she even consents to being arrested as nalani cuffs her jason looks into the possible futures again we've seen him do this a few times handy that's a, what a handy skill yet he seems to still make all the wrong choices Anyhow, looks into the future and he says, if she gets arrested, Jason always sees himself killing Luke. In fact, Luke only lives if Nalani dies. And I'm thinking here, because there's a couple of different like sci-fi movies that, that have come out, not necessarily Star Wars, but has he already made the decision to not let her get arrested? And that's what the future he's seeing or right. Is it? Yeah. That's a good question. Eh? Is his, his already made decision coloring his visions of the future? Yeah. Because maybe he thinks he's being open-minded, but he seems to think that a lot when he's actually being quite hard headed. So that's a really cool question because maybe it is, it's like minority report style. Yeah. Or like, Hey man, you already made the decision. You don't even know it, but you already made it. And that's, what's giving you this vision of the future where, she got to die because you've already decided to protect her. Yeah. Another interesting thing about his, like, this is like the pivotal, he's falling now. Yes. This is but, the tipping point. But even at that Ooh, tipping point. I got, oh, I got goosebumps. He's still, dun, 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 dun. anything I do, I have to, whatever I do, yeah. I have to save Luke Skywalker. I have to do it. I have to be the hero I'm, to save someone else. I'm going to become the enemy of the Jedi Order. Yeah. I have to do whatever I can to save Luke Skywalker. Yep. Wow. Like, think about it. If you're going to fall <laughs> to the dark side, you'd be like, you know what? If of I if reasons. I do this, Luke Skywalker is going to die in the future. That's going to make my life easier. 
But he's, he's still thinking yeah. that he's the good guy. I know. And if you just keep convincing yourself that you're doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, yada, 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 Palace of Lies, Throne of Swords, that's the wrong show. Yeah. Something else. I think uh, he's trying to not be a Sith, not be a Jedi, just be a Force user that does everything that properly. He, want, he wants to be... A gray Jedi. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the god. He wants to be the paragon... Of righteousness, he wants to be the one to do all the right things that everybody looks to to make the decisions because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else, and oftentimes he probably is. But he wants to be the answer so that he stops being questioned. Yeah, it's at this moment that Jason returns again to the present. The truth of what he had just experienced through the Force numbed him, but it was the truth, and he had to be strong enough to face it. Lumaya knew it or had some sense of it. There were tears on her cheeks to match the ones he felt on his own. There is this about being Sith, she told him. We strengthen ourselves through sacrifice. Jason nodded, grudging acceptance of that fact. Yes. Nelani looked at him and beyond him into his intent. With a noise that was half moan, she turned and fled. And this is... I think the tipping point. Jason raced after her. She escaped his grasp, whatever. She got away. And that's the moment where he decides, I'm going to cross the line. She has to die. Yeah, it's not a snap decision anymore. I'm chasing her down. That's right. That's good writing, I think, to make it, like you said, not a snap decision. Yeah. Make this a very, very deliberate act. He has plenty of time to not chase her. That you can stop doing that anytime you're chasing her. And he's got the he's got the ship to get them out of there. Yeah. So he could always come up with another plan to convince her or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But here's this the prophecy from the beads. He will strengthen himself through sacrifice. Which, as we've seen, is a pretty general prophecy for any Sith. But if you're a Jedi and don't think you're ever going to be a Sith, that's a hell of a shocking revelation. And he, they even have legitimate tears. I mean, like, he has to kill his friend to save Luke and save the galaxy. Like, he's not... I don't think he's, like, thrilled about it. I think he's more resigned to being convinced that it's what he has to do. But Luke is the greater good, so Nalani has to die for that to happen and i mean like he he trained her when she was younger she had a crush on him they had like a whatever back and forth type of relationship yeah but like jason raced after her and the scale tipped over and that was the beginning of the end of his fall to the dark side poor life choices cut to so poor cut to Relader Trallis. More missiles. Han's trying to get close enough to Jaina's ship to force the incoming missiles to retarget because they've all been computerized, brainized to not attack, you know, friendly ships. So he's trying to get as close to her as, as he can to send all the other missiles off. To send them all off after other targets that are also in the GA military but just don't happen to be a uh, solo. Yeah. You know, as I pointed out before, that's pretty dark. But these are really messy lines that they're all tripping over. Like, Yeah. 
It's especially the Solo family and the Skywalker family, obviously, <laughs> the story is about. But like we talked about last time, they're not just being pulled in two directions. It's definitely three because their loyalty to the Jedi has their kids are Jedi, but it has their kids on opposite sides of the GA where Jaina is being in the military and just the Jedi where Jason is. And then her husband, Han Solo, is from Curlia. Man, it's messy. Yeah. So it seems kind of messed up that they're kind of just dismissing everybody else's life, but got to save his daughter. Well, you do what you do for your kids, right? I guess. He watches her, though, dodging fighters and shooting missiles out of the air. He calls her an indestructible leaf and a speed of sound wind. I thought that was freaking beautiful. I'm a leaf on the wind. What a what a cool, what a cool description. Yes. Two things occur to him. Number one, he's not catching her. <laughs> Number two, his little girl doesn't need him. She's all grown up. It's a hard that's a hard revelation in the middle of a battle against your daughter. He realizes she was a brilliant pilot with a brilliant wingman. She was older than Han had been when he'd pitted the Millennium Falcon against pilots from the first Death Star and was more experienced. Part Han, part Leia, and all herself, she dominated the air around her. Mixed in his heart were pride and pain in the discovery that she had outgrown him. We've talked a lot about how these male characters don't vocalize their emotions to each other, but that is some that is some nice insightful emotional look at Han Solo. Yeah, where his whole life is piloting, you know, or 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 could loosely be defined around the idea of piloting and and, and battles. Well, and there's his baby daughter, and he can't even catch up to her to save her. <laughs> He's she doesn't need. To be <laughs> she saved. doesn't need it at all. She's doing just fine. It's just oh, and then Wedge pipes up. Time to go. Would be terrible to be shot down by your daughter. Han says, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Cut to Sial and Zweb leaving too. And they're banged up fighter. You know, the one that Han blew up the street underneath instead of blowing up the actual thing. Cut back to star system number letter. Jason <laughs> catches up to Nalani. And here is where I had my greatest revelation of this entire book. Maybe one of the best notes I've ever made. Wait. Is her name pronounced like Melanie? Oh. <laughs> and I've, we've just been sticking a sci-fi twist on it. Naturally. Because <laughs> her name could just be Melanie. Like Melanie. It could be. It's probably pretty true. <laughs> Right, right in, right into us at Forever Canon Podcast at gmail.com. L A, I mean N E L A N I is how they spell her name. It could, there's no pronunciation guide. There's no, we've been it, saying Nalani. Yeah, which I mean, are we dumb? <laughs> are we just putting the cart before the horse? I think it's supposed to be Nelanie. Like he's Jason, it's just spelled differently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Jason catches up to Nalani. He slices her along the leg, and she shrieks. I think that was a good word choice. She doesn't shout. She doesn't holler. She doesn't cry out. She shrieks. And I thought about this. I bet most Jedi never actually get sliced by a lightsaber. And not unless they're dead. When it, 
it that's yeah. the only time yeah. it's gonna happen is when you're about to die yeah i mean when when else would would they ever get actually sliced by a lightsaber they train with like zappy swords they turn they have training lightsabers which is just yeah. the same thing they're just the intensity's dialed like down bug, so it can't zapper. cut you it's it's like getting hit with a stun gun though right but so she gets her leg sliced open by a lightsaber assumedly for the first time in her life and she shrieks and i thought that was just nasty i think the the next the very next line after that is is another peek into the darkness of Jason when he bounced because they're in low gravity. Right. He bounced toward her slow, sure, yeah. and predatory. Predatory. Yikes. Just crossing the darkness of a cave with your lit lightsaber ready to kill your fellow Jedi to protect a self-proclaimed Sith. That's Jason falling <laughs> fast. Yeah. <laughs> Real fast. Real hard. Nalani, though, gives him her final argument. Call it whatever you want to. What do you call someone who kills without needing to? Someone who joins sides with evil because of a well-reasoned argument. So whereas we saw Lumaya using his weaknesses to take advantage of him. She's pointing directly at his weaknesses as weaknesses. Like, just because the argument makes sense doesn't mean it's okay to kill me, bud. <laughs> you want to knock it off over there? You slice my damn leg open. These things are dangerous. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Stop it, she tells him. Chapter 34. Carillion space above Trallis. Why not just say on the Dodona? Why do they keep mixing up the titles for this? It's Leia on the Dodona. Sometimes they say Carillion Space on the Dodona. Dodona above Trallis. Carillion Space above Trallis. Hey, like, come on. Stop yeah. it. You're not tricking me. We get it. Let's call it what it is. She's on the Dodona. She's receiving updates in the aftermath of the battle. Han is alive. Jaina is alive. Wedge is alive. Antilles girl is alive. I did air quotes there. What's up with not giving her a name? Yeah, Why did she... Leia just call her Antilles girl? Han yeah. says she bounced her on her on his knee when when she was a baby. I'm sure they didn't have tons of interactions. You don't know her name. The first Antilles of all, girl. First of all, it's on your report that you're looking at, guaranteed. And she just refers to her as the Antilles girl. Is that I don't know. I thought I just thought that was so that, weird. That's that's really weird. I think the reason that she. Uh, that she it just called the Antilles girl because she's not concerned about Wedge's daughter. No. Concerned about her family but at the same and time, she her best friend. She doesn't call Wedge the Antilles guy. You know what Wedge, I mean? I know it's yeah. her friend, but like at the same time, it's like if I was talking about my friend and their children, I wouldn't just say, like I might say Wedge and his daughter, but I oh, wouldn't yeah. say Wedge and the Antilles girl. What the hell? Either yeah. way, I think she lists these people in order of importance. Well, even yeah. still, Han like, first, Jane a second, everybody else don't care. She says, Wedge alive. Why would she not follow that immediately with, if she's not going to use her name, just Wedge's daughter is well, that's alive. that's what I'm saying. It was just weird. The Antilles girl. It was weird. Yeah. Either way, you know, sometimes... Not very diplomatic. Sometimes of a diplomat. you're going to get some weird parts in the books, I guess. But 
Nonetheless, Admiral Limpin has a comment on the whole operation. She says, It feels not like a victory or even a loss. It feels like dancing to someone else's tune. The GA isn't playing it, Leia said. Nor the Karelians, the Admiral shrugged. Perhaps it's random chance. Um, hmm. I have an idea who it is. <laughs> uh, I think she's currently flicking a light whip in the heart of an asteroid uh, about to get her way and it's not good Leia and Limpin lay some heavy truth and foreshadowing there and here when they say this isn't like the Yuzhan Vong war fought in mindless sad savagery both sides are us for now even on the Admiral's Duro features, considered expressionless by human standards, Leia could detect sorrow, pessimism. In my experience, it doesn't take long for us to become them. And when that happens, every savagery becomes possible. That's, that's foreshadowing to me, if I've ever heard yeah. of foreshadowing. We think that, you know, we're... We've had this galactic civil war brewing up since the beginning of the book. And it seems like now the GA has been, you know, ousted from, from Relidir on Trallis, ousted from the Carillion system. But where do you go from there? It's not over. There's still, yeah, there's still gonna... uh, answers to questions to be asked. Yeah, you know? and they're not just going to go away. Okay, you won. Okay, bye. Yeah, okay, everybody <laughs> shake hands and walk away. It's going to get ugly. And she, they're, they're painting that picture for us right now. On the shuttle back to Karelia, though, Leia has some more heavy reflection on what exactly she just did. Slash, what she would have done. Would she kill other pilots? Would she kill thousands of pilots? Would she, here's that big word, sacrifice the peace of the galaxy? Would she send people to war to protect her family? She feels enough yes in all those answers to worry herself. Yeah, to make her feel bad. Like, where's she turning? Those dang Jedi attachments again, man. There, there you go. They knew it. They were, they were, had Maybe they had some things right in the Old Republic. Like Maybe we shouldn't have children because then we're going to want to let every other person die to protect our superhero children. And maybe they're not wrong, you know? Maybe a, maybe a shuttle full of civilians is worth a couple Jason Solo, you know? A couple more days of Jason Solo, even. He carries a heavy price. <laughs> yes, he does. High price tag on him. She decides she won't sacrifice anyone but herself. She decides she'll do anything short of evil. That hurts her heart, but it feels right. And let's reflect that against her son's recent decision. Back on Star System, too many things. Jason has made a bit of a different choice. To protect the galaxy, he's closer to doing anything to protect the peace and his loved ones like Uncle Luke. Jason looks pained. Lumaya reminds him he will strengthen himself through pain. You know, funny, funny thing about pain. It's not a cliche, Jason. It's a necessary component of the ethical assumption of our powers. She's going to lay something interesting out here. The Jedi find their balance through the abandonment of attachment. Apparently not anymore. The Sith celebrate attachment. 
but find our balance in the deliberate, agonizing sacrifice of some of the things we love most. Only by that means can we retain our appreciation for loss, pain, mortality, those things that ordinary people experience. Because let us not forget, these Jedi, these Force wielders, these Sith, they are not ordinary people. Oh, God. Not at all. And so she's laying out a Sith doctrine that's quite different from what you normally would hear if you're Jason Solo growing up all your life. She's telling him the path to power is deliberately, agonizingly, sacrificing the things that you love to do the right thing. I don't have any further comment on that. Let's let that sit where it is. Now that Nalani is dead, Lumaya has instructions for Jason as he's leaving with an unconscious Ben. Number one, your first order, Mr. Wannabe Sith, try to stop the war. Okay, okay, no big deal. <laughs> Let's start small. <laughs> first order, stop the war. Second one, find an apprentice. Maybe Ben, maybe not. Third order, stop thinking like a Jedi. Ooh. Feel he's already accomplished that. You know what? In the in the immortal words of Bon Jovi, whoa, he's halfway there at least, and he is. Yeah, no prayers to live on. This guy. <laughs> It's freaking falling so fast to the dark side. After he's gone, Lumaya is, airfinger quotes again, jubilant, laying on the couch, saying to herself, I've won. Won what? Hmm? <laughs> I guess we'll find out, won't we? The Sith projection of Jason from the basement comes to her out of the shadows, like, well, I guess that's all for me. He's like, I, okay, that's all for me. I guess the guy's a Sith now, so I'm going to become real. So, like, I got to get out of here. And uh, Lumaya says, but you'll be back. Bit by bit, Jason Solo will become you. And at last, I'll have a name. A Sith name. Bum, bum, bum. Lumaya says... He will hate me, but he will love me. Balance. Balance. That seductive balance, which means everything is in check. Everything is right. Yeah, but hers is, it's not like the Jedi with the balance of the Force. Hers is the balance of the Sith. Yes. That she says. Yes. Very true. Meanwhile, on the shuttle, in the cockpit... Here comes Ben waking up from a snooze. Couple simple questions. What happened and where's Nalani? Jason, accomplishing order number three, stop thinking like a Jedi, immediately starts lying his ass off. He says, oh, Nalani was killed by those phantoms. Brisha died too. He tells us, the reader, through his thoughts, that he memory wiped Ben. He falsified the shuttle's records to hide the location of the asteroid to keep Lamaya safe. This is what Jason will do to protect his vision of the future. He will memory wipe and brainwash his cousin. 
He will murder a friend and, and fellow Jedi. He will lie, cheat, steal, and do anything his mother wouldn't do to save the galaxy. Cut to Coruscant. Luke says he exists. He finally exists for real. Dun, dun, dun. That's a- Let's finally talk about it he that is a good for and the first two words is he exists that's a yeah. good it's just nice on point nice like layout to the writing yeah where it, sometimes you can do that with with like the form that you use to present the words like the way that you 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 lay them out you can hand a message through just that yeah and just having a simple one two pow for you to look at like it's very eye catching and I don't know if that makes it more impactful but it is Jason is the evil man from Luke's dream after his little field trip to the asteroid the evil man finally exists all the things he did down in the cavern all the things he did on Lord all leading up to this evil vision and Luke's dreams coming to fruition. And that's like like uh, Jason's future visions that he was looking at. He was sifting through the future. Yeah. The decision's well, been made, so now he's concrete and real to Luke as well. And he didn't seem to be looking for himself in the future visions at all. He's Well, he didn't comment on himself. He only commented on He would have Luke. to kill Luke. Luke. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Luke. He didn't care if he died. Mara says, we'll find him and we'll beat him. Like the whole book up to this point has been putting Luke and Jason at odds. Like their opinions have been butting heads. They've been fighting, not fighting, but disagreeing over things. And they, Jason has been keeping secrets from Luke. They've been setting us up the whole book to have the two of them face off. And now we finally know why. Yeah, literally, the first real thing that Mara says, the very beginning of the book, page three, says, let's wait until he shows up, then crush him. Yep. And now, the prepare, last thing she says. Prepare prepare for crushing. Yeah. And buckle up for Jason's fall to the dark side. Mara says, we'll find him, and we'll beat him. But good news. Jason and Ben are on their way home. Join us next week as we recap the madness that was Legacy of the Force, book one, Betrayal. And we will preview Legacy of the Force, book two, Bloodlines. May your sacrifices always strengthen you. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. I'm Kevin. Sith out. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.